Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to the DCU Soccer Podcast. Um, we're back for uh, this season. Um, last season uh, ended with a show titled something like, uh, like at least it's over. So I guess at least we're back, right? Um, but I have a special guest with me today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Well, hi there. Uh, my name is Dan Wise, and I am first time guest here, uh, but a longtime listener. And uh, yeah, uh, been been making the rounds lately uh, on a couple of different shows. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm real glad to be here now. So uh, I, I am S Dakota Soccer on Twitter uh, and on Instagram, and uh, I run a newsletter called soccer made simple so uh you know anyone who is sort of curious about getting into the sport and sort of you know wanting to understand it on you know kind of a lot of levels from like the uh, you know sort of rules of the game to the cultural impact and you know maybe the the business side of it i tried to cover a whole range of stuff you know uh, but with a pretty uh easygoing, approachable kind of style. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something I kind of wanted to start doing because gosh, when I started getting into soccer a little over 10 years ago, um, there wasn't a whole lot in terms of resources online. You could go to Wikipedia and look up some stuff, but, you know, trawling through articles on articles about tournament formats and stuff like that is not the easiest thing to do in the world. So yeah, I put together a newsletter and been doing that so yeah that's just been so much fun and yeah super happy to be here yeah totally i think uh you mentioned some of the shows you were on most recently we were on a show together uh do you want to give them a little shout out uh, at the top of the show yeah uh so district football co- uh podcast uh juan herrera uh he's gosh yeah he's been having us on and um he's he's been really great uh you know one of the Central guys who, you know, with with you as well, who has really helped uh, me connect with DC United, sort of like the community at large, um, which is crucial these days because I did sort of have uh, kind of a major life change where I spent 10 years in the district and then uh, just recently moved back to my hometown in South Dakota. So, uh, yeah, having you guys uh, sort of here and doing these shows uh, has, has been great. And I'm super gracious that, that you'd have me on. So this, this is super fun. Yeah, totally. I think I always have a good time uh, with Juan and, and we, we've been on it a couple of times and I think it's a really great show and I, I like going on there. So wanted to, uh, since you brought it up, just, uh, you know, give them a shout out, but yeah, so let's, we have, I mean, it's my first show in, in a long time here, but uh, there's too much to go over t- since my last one. So we'll go over kind of uh, what's what's been happening this week. There's uh, a new player coach rumor uh, th- today, actually, um, and it seemed to progress pretty fast. Did you want to kind of give an overview there? Because I have a lot of thoughts about this one. Yeah, I don't even, I, I think it's past the rumor stage. Uh, as far as Stephen Goff uh, reported, uh, the paperwork is pretty much being done. Uh, so we got Gonzalo. No, uh, no, we got Federico Higuain, uh, who is, uh, yeah, coming in from the Columbus crew. And I can understand why you feel very, uh, 
mixed feelings about this. But really, I mean, if you kind of look at the past couple of years with DC United and some of the signings they've made, they're signings where people are kind of like, what are you doing? And then uh, they've, they've gone on to really impact the club. Uh, and, and I think the community in, in a very positive way, uh, mainly with Quincy Amaraqua and then uh, Felipe Martins. Um, two guys, you know, who definitely got in people's heads, uh, and, and the same thing can be said about Higuain. Uh, this is a, uh, incredibly, uh, interesting call. Uh, it, it sort of, yeah, it really kind of blew, yeah, you and me away, uh, seeing this in development, but just kind of a short breakdown, uh, 35 years old, uh, brother of, of his you know, more, uh, probably more famous counterpart, uh, Gonzalo, uh, but he has put in a lot of work with uh, the Columbus crew, uh, been a stalwart for them um, until he uh, had an ACL injury and around, I think, what was that, around May? And so, yeah, technically, he, technically he's still uh, recovering from that. Uh, so he's going, he's still out for about another six weeks. I think it was said that he's going to have to kind of be training with the club, but the interesting wrinkle about this is that he's coming on as a player slash assistant manager, uh, which, which is, um, super interesting. And so, yeah, uh, he, he's so far, you know, kind of a divisive figure here uh the dc united crowd is very much like why are they doing this and then uh but at the same time you've got a lot of columbus people uh really lamenting this they he has uh, ingratiated himself to that community uh so deeply uh over over the past few years and um yeah some people are really missing him uh so yeah what what are your uh, thoughts on this Oh man, I mean, I think to me the thing that struck uh, the most was the 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 coach part. Um, we had heard reports about DC wanting to look for an assistant coach. Uh, potentially, I think some of the rumors were that it'd be more like a tactical uh, uh, mind um, to maybe balance out some of, some of the other like uh, the you know coaching staff's uh, strengths, but um, and and that not really happening. Uh, yet and and I'm wondering if this is part of that I mean it's it seems like it could be I know you know uh, obviously he was at Columbus uh, played under Greg Berhalter who kind of has a like him or not a reputation for having like um, um, a quote like more quote-unquote tactical view of the game and and understanding the game in in those ways uh, which I think is really interesting Um, so I think you know I, I think it's Really, really interesting the fact that he would be coming in and being part of the assistant uh, coaching group. I think uh, right now that that opens up a lot of questions, right? It's like, okay, well, is he an assistant coach, uh, super sub, not the captain, the captain when he comes on, maybe because he's part of the, I don't know, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. k- kind of cool, but. Uh, um, is this a way to get him under, like, the, not have to spend too much money on him, give him a coach's salary, right? I don't know, right? But um, I made a joke. I, I think this was a couple years ago, uh, back when I think, you know, uh, we had uh, uh, Acosta come in, uh, Leo Hara, 
come in. And really, it's been showing that DC United has taken a lot of interest in Argentina. So I made this passing comment that, like, I love what they're doing. It's like, it's kind of like we're becoming, like, Boca Juniors Junior here. And with Higuain, we have, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, Argentinian. And so bringing him on as a coach, as someone who has probably very tight links with that country, is this someone, is this a long-term thing? I know you said, you know, is this something where like, yes, it can work a deal where yes, they're paying a fraction of what he was contracted in, uh, uh, Columbus may guy. He went from 1.1 million down to uh, 100,000. Although that's having off a coach's salary tacked on there, so could be anywhere from uh, 50 to 150,000. Who knows? You know, extra on there. Uh, so yeah, you could see it as sort of yeah a, a shrewd business move. But is there a longer term uh, view here uh, with with just how much interest that DC United has taken into uh, uh, Argentina. Right. Yeah, well, right. And I think one thing that makes me feel like it is not kind of that, you know, relatively sketchy, you know, situation is that, you know, obviously his brother is, uh, you know, I guess at one point was like a superstar, superstar, right? Like even in that top tier. So like, you know, I'm assuming they have agents, they've talked about it, right? So I don't think it's, you know, just some guy who was a little bit good at another team, right? So, um, no, I don't Gonzalo, think, you I think, know, I yeah. He was big with uh, Napoli, I want to say. And there were links with him coming, uh, going to Arsenal, I think, back, back around sort of like the Alexis Sanchez era. Uh, his, his name was being linked with with the biggest clubs in Europe. So, uh yeah, the Iguains are are definitely uh big names uh you know in in sort of like the the soccer world. Yeah. So that makes me feel like, you know, they've done their due diligence on this and it's uh seems like, you know, it, it might be the case that Federico is, you know, wants his next step to be coaching and and uh I guess as uh, another <laughs> DC United uh, player, uh, Wayne Rooney has kind of done uh, to, in Derby. Like it's oh. a great first step, right? Like um, so that could be really, really cool. That's that's a you know we can probably get to that later. But if you you know, I I would love to know your thoughts. You know, especially with the question that was posed uh, with a potential friendly between. Darby County and DC United sometime in October. Uh, but we can, we can, we can go, we can go off into that later in the show, uh, sort of when we kind of do some uh, housekeeping and whatnot. But um, yeah, anything, anything else you want? Like I, so I'm a little confused because yes, uh, I, Federico was a guy I always feared and respected in that way, whatever uh, DC United faced off against Columbus. Uh, he was a guy I always had my eye on. Like, what is Iguain doing? You know, uh, great, great, you know, gosh, he can be a number 10. He can be a number eight. He is a really well-rounded uh, midfielder who just has a fantastic mind for the game. Uh, can really pick out passes just 
uh, it, it's sort of on that Andrea Pirlo uh, kind of wavelength where, you know, not maybe the most, you know, technically gifted player, but he's got such a mind and ability to pick out passes and set up plays that he does have just that that little special something that even if we're getting a 35-year-old who in, in certain terms is kind of a, a boomer in the soccer world, uh, is a guy who just has a pristine mind for the game. So I think that is what DC United is sort of banking on in this situation. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, definitely, definitely played, I think, incredibly well as a number 10 there in Columbus for so many years. Um, I remember, um, I don't know if, uh, God, I don't remember when this was, but um, I guess when Greg Berhalter was first taking over the, the U.S. men's national team, one of the questions that I remember was that was asked of him was like, well, you know, there, there's no one in our in the you know the U.S. pool who, who can really play number ten like you know Federico uh, and Columbus can. Like, how do you feel about like how are you going to address that, right? So it's like, you know, it's it kind of goes to to show his his level there, um, even at his age of 35 at that time, probably 33, but you know, still whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think, like you mentioned, he's not uh, ready immediately. He needs six weeks to uh, pr- probably run on a treadmill at least. Right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm kind, of, I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I think the the nature of it is more exciting to me than the fact that um, it's a Columbus player. I mean, I yeah, right. I'm not too big of a fan of Columbus, but he's not my least favorite player on Columbus. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I don't know if you remember, but yeah, some people were saying that, uh, he, he taunted DC United last year. Do you remember what that was all about? I may have completely missed that. I think that is what is kind of setting off some supporters about, about this move. Yeah. I mean, but the, the thing is, well, I remember, uh, geez, when I was at that, uh, to me, this goes back longer than last year. So I don't mm-hmm. know if, right. but. I, oh, I yeah, remember he's... the 2018, uh, I think that, yeah, uh, the, the playoff game that we lost. <laughs> um, oh, God, yes. He, he, yep, yep. Yeah, he was, he was, a he monster was being that a game. He, well, yeah, he was amazing, but he was kind of taunting us on that side. Um, we were, mm-hmm. we were chirping at uh, Pedro Santos and, yeah. and him. And, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so there was that whole thing. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, the, the DC supporters have always have long, uh, taunted him on the field. It seems like not, not even necessarily, I don't think it's a guy like, God, I'm trying to think like, uh, you know, I don't know. There's some guys in the league that, that everyone really hates. And like, we are really, really, uh, hate, like, I don't think it's a Felipe level, uh, necessarily. Right. But it is definitely a guy who's like, has taunted us. We've taunted him. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know. I find it interesting that he is not doing this in Columbus. I'm, I'm very interested by that um, as right. well, uh, considering he was there for so long. And, I mean, <laughs> club legend, I guess, right? I don't know. Yep. yep. Um, weird. It's it's baffling. So uh, it completely caught me off guard. Uh, yeah, and that's the other thing is, like, it's, it's another midfield signing, which, which you know um, – 
with with the loss of Paul Ariola is is really um that was really a crushing blow for the team. So he is he is definitely a much uh I would say needed and and well uh sought after player for us. Uh you were you were sort of saying what is he? Is he a super sub? Is he a captain, you know, uh when when he gets subbed on? You know, he's. I think he's definitely a rotational player, uh, particularly if you know p- players are heading off on international duty. I want to say like uh, probably uh, Edison Flores uh, when he gets called up for Peru. I see. I think. I think Flores is definitely going to get that number ten spot, and then Iguain will be the guy to sort of step in when he's needed. Uh, and and yeah, that's that's totally great. And I think. With with the type of play we're going to have on the wings, I think from Gressel and Assad, uh, having a guy who can sort of control that middle, where you know that's the thing about him. We're not looking for a guy who's going to torch players. We need a guy who is going to utilize the weapons that we have, you know, on the wings, and then with Ola Kamara up top at the number nine. So that is a a crucial thing we'll need, especially with. Uh, Flores, if if at any moment we don't have him on the field, Iguain is a solid pickup in that regard. Uh, I I don't think he's much of a loss in terms of you know uh, what what we need on the field if if we do you know if we don't have Flores in certain situations. So yeah, it's a it's a fantastic move. I think it's shrewd, and this is this is showing some great initiative from the front office. Yeah, totally. I think. Um, even if you go back and look at some of those games, I remember just the the, the positions he would put himself in, the, the the spacing is is, and I think that's part of that you know tactical mind too. And and maybe mm-hmm. he 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 had that before he went to Columbus, but probably grew alongside of Burhalter uh, uh, and his methodologies. But um, the one last thing that I wanted to mention as well before uh, we don't spend literally 20 minutes on this. Right. But, uh, <laughs> the only one thing is he did, like you mentioned, he had that ACL tear. Um, and, and that is something that Areola just went through. So, um, that is something that I think might be, uh, an interesting thing where like, uh, you know, he can kind of not necessarily mentor, cause I don't think it's a, (laughs) that needs that much thought, but it is an interesting thing where he could be like, oh, you know, I did this, I did that, um, whatever, uh, you know, uh, but yeah. But, but what do you think with, what do you think with Yao Paredes and, uh, Oh, who's our third wonder kid in the midfield? Uh, uh, Neiman. I haven't having those three with a guy like Iguain who can who can really foster. Those guys yeah, are showing that they, they're going to be ballers uh, in a few years. Um, so we're having someone who can really like foster the growth of their minds. That is a huge plus. Yeah, yeah, especially Neiman. I think he, he's kind of more of an eight, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, similar-ish. And, and and like you mentioned before, too, Higuain has played a little farther back, especially as he's uh, aged a little bit. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it seems like a really good opportunity. Um, you could also, yeah, see him be with those Loudon guys as well, maybe. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, so then moving on, uh, do we want to talk about the preseason finish against Philly? Uh, sort of a nice exclamation point, I think, after a really challenging preseason where we did lose Ariola 
and then we had some some tough defeats uh, against uh, Montreal and New York Red Bulls, uh, and then a one-one draw against Nashville, and then sort of a one-zero uh, win against uh, Louisville. Um, how how did you feel after that game, seeing the team sort of, you know, what we're what we're going to see as as far as the starting eleven goes this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt pretty positive. I mean, it's hard to really take those uh, win or loss to, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel I feel pretty good. I mean, even that starting 11 there, you can kind of uh, start to see um, so, so, some slight differences on, on how they're starting to play um, formationally and how they're shifting, I think. Um, but I don't want to read too much into it, right? But... I feel pretty positive, I, I got to say. Yeah. Um, what we saw was a midfield that, like you said, really was comfortable uh, shifting on attack, uh, really getting aggressive uh, in that attacking third, and and moving really well as a unit. I thought uh, they, you know, uh, I, I don't say this as a pejorative, but they played some solid Benny ball. Uh, that that huh. day uh, really um, playing that stout defense and then moving the ball uh, really aggressively up the field. And I think we got a good look at how how those wings are going to really feed into the box and and really make some you know make some runs and and also set up some really good passes. I feel so confident about this team now. Uh, how about you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think uh, Gressel is, <laughs> I think he's gonna be really really good this year. I kind of, I kind of was, uh, you know, kind not iffy. I was always really happy with having him, but you know, I, I was like, ah, well, he's probably not gonna be as good as last year, you know. But I'm starting to get really positive on him uh, too, especially because he'll probably play. He'll probably play more, uh, especially with Ariola out, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I'm super impressed with him, um, honestly, and I I think that honestly, Segura. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was. I thought he was pretty good last year, but it seems like he, he every year he starts. He he takes like a half step up, right? So we're starting to see him really really grow into himself and kind of be the player we all had been wishing he was for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think I think getting the the caps for Costa Rica has has done a lot for his confidence, and I think he is, yeah, he's a player who's who's gonna uh, find himself, uh, I think, really well this year. Last year was a really tough spot for him. Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, there was that there was that game. I want to say it wasn't like against Cincy or something like that. Uh, it was it was when. It was post like the injuries that we had to Mora and uh, a couple other spots of uh, injuries that we had to deal with. But um, we, we kind of grilled Flow FC because they uh, posted, they kind of leaked the uh, starting lineup online ahead of time. And they were, or no, they weren't leaking the starting lineup. They were doing an interview with Segura and they were listing him as a forward. And we were all grilling them like, he's a midfielder. What are you doing yeah. calling him a forward? And then we found found out that day that uh, Ben had actually put him 
at the number nine. And we were like, what is going on? He's a guy who really selflessly plugged himself in wherever Ben wanted him. Uh, and that's, that's a crucial kind of uh, sort of utility man to have. Uh, so you kind of hope that, you know, at a certain point he's going to find that role he's going to define himself with. Uh, and the same thing that that's going to have, have to happen with uh, Russell Knauss. He's going to have to own that right back position and really do something with that. Uh, or left back. Is he left back or right back this year? Right. Knauss will be right. right. Yeah. So, um, you know, Seguro will have to find that way he's, you know, that he'll get plugged in and just do his job. Uh, so, so it's going to be interesting to see how he develops this year. Yeah, totally. I mean, there was a lot of weird stuff last year and, you know, we didn't have too many goals at all, (laughs) but a lot of the open play ones, if you go back, you can actually see, um, a lot of those open play goals were involving Segura. And I thought, you know, I think he's been pretty underrated. I don't think he is like a, you know, amazing, amazing, uh, high level tam guy but i think yeah. you know he, he's in the he's in the top 50 percent of of people at his position in, in the league i think right um and yeah. uh so i think i think we could see a a really good year from him honestly like a really really solid year which which would make things without areola um a little less painful uh even if it's temporarily if he really uh you know steps up um and especially you know. especially early with Assad still nursing that groin injury uh I I have him listed as as starting against Colorado this weekend but um you know unless unless that's not going to happen uh Segura will have to be that guy to you know really shore up that that wing and uh you know Kind of, kind of figure it out, you know, and and he seemed to do that really well against Philly. So I feel really good about him taking on that that uh, that sort of midfield wing position. So you know, super super excited. You know, it's it's going to be a long season for sure. Uh, DC has to figure out a lot of things because last year, with all the theoretical firepower that we had, we were the fourth uh, worst scoring team in the league. Uh, and so those numbers need to be drastically improved and, and the midfield is going to have to figure that out. Uh, and especially with Ola Kamara up that at top, uh, he's, he's going to have a lot of weight on his shoulders. So I, I, you know, I'm excited, but cautious at the same time, you know, how are, how are you feeling about all that? Yeah, totally. I, I can definitely see Segura playing a big part, uh, it, and definitely being a starter, probably probably for the season opener. Um, one prediction I do have, um, not to get too silly too early, but um, is I think we're going to see a lot more uh, substitutions and a lot earlier this year than we did last mm. year. Which, to be honest, is not. I feel like that almost no matter what happens, it'll probably be. <laughs> probably be true because the substitutions were pretty infrequent and really late last year so yeah uh, but I, I think we're gonna see that a, be a lot different so I can see like you know having Segura start and then bringing Yamil in for the last 30 minutes instead of two minutes right <laughs> um, that was a you know there was a if, if 
Gosh, you, you have to wonder because, uh, you know, working in D.C. for 10 years, uh, you get very used to that doing a hell of a lot with very, very little in terms of, of personnel and resources. Uh, so credit to that team last year uh, who, who, gosh, through the thickest of it, like really banded together. And, and um, I think that was a trial by fire that really unified that midfield. And so I think this year, you know, after all of that, I think they're going to really light it up. And I'm excited about that. I don't think we're going to have the season we had last year where we're limping into the playoffs after, you know, losing home field advantage because we, you know, uh, kind of, kind of, I want to keep it PG, but, you know, after we really lost our heads against Cincinnati in that, that final game last year. So, uh that that is tough and this team is is primed i think uh but they're going they're going to go against a hungry uh colorado rapids so do you want to uh sort of go into next week's uh game yeah totally um i'm really excited about it first of all i'm gonna be there um, I'm probably gonna be at the uh there's a live recording of the rfk refugees podcast Oh, nice. Um, so I'm gonna try to go to that. Um, we'll see. It's it's kind of an early. It's it's an early game. It's at like one. So it's like uh, yep. I like the early games, but it's like you can't pregame too early, right? <laughs> because um, right. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think there's a fundamental difference about how we view pregames here. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess I could, right? But I mean, so I guess we'll just see. I mean. Um, I really want to go see that, though. I think that'll be a cool experience, and I'm really excited for them um, and kind of our community to start uh, having these kind of events in general. But but that'll be really cool um, just in terms of, like, game stuff. And it, it seems like the earlier the games, the the more likely there is, like, after-game stuff as well. And, and that's always something that I really, really like to do. Uh, just talking about, like, the community and, like, Meeting new people is one of the obviously I feel like one of the more fun parts of uh, of of soccer in general. No matter if it's your local team or 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 your favorite team or you know you go over to Europe to see you whatever it is, right? Like that's always yeah. one of the fun things. Um, so I'm really really excited about that early game. Um, yeah, Colorado Rapids. A lot of people in like the media sphere have been talking about them being good this year. <laughs> which sounds, you know, potentially crazy, but I mean, I don't know. Have you been hearing that? Um, did, I have been hearing that. And there have been people who are saying that DC United is not going to be good this year. Uh, losing <laughs> Paul Areola. Uh, I think a lot of people view that as, um, you know, losing a, a national team guy and really a guy who's, who's sort of a heart and soul of that midfield. Um, that, that is really rough. And I, I think so, you know, we're so intimately involved with the team. We, we can name who we've got, but, uh, with some people, even then they're like, yeah, Edison Flores is a baller, but like, is he actually going to do that for the team? Uh, you know, who's Yamil Assad and yes, Gressel was very solid as rookie of the year and winning a championship. But he was an with an absolutely stacked Atlanta United. Uh, what's this team going to do? So you know, it's very interesting. And and with Colorado, you have you have a team that lost a lot of dead weight. Uh, you know, 
Yes. Don't want to don't want to uh, sort of forsake the name of Tim Howard. Uh, he's he's a legend, but um, the guy was was very much he was a burden on the pocketbooks, uh, and it, sort of he he lost some of his ability. He's not you know your early aught or early 2010s uh, Tim Howard, which is even a shadow of his uh, Manchester United and Everton days. So. Uh, you know, it's 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 interesting. They have a new coach who is a former player for them, uh, very much a a fan favorite. Uh, they offloaded Anthony Hudson, who really kind of took a decent squad and kind of ran them into the ground. Uh, so so this is a team. They made the playoffs back in 2016. That was the last time, and so that they're they're hungry. They want to feast again. So. Uh, having such a down year last year, especially losing to New Mexico United uh, in the fourth round of the Open Cup. This is a team that wants to prove something. Uh, So, warning to D.C. United. And then, you know, you don't have to necessarily warn them. They know what's going on. But this team is going to be coming in hungry. This is not going to be a step over, you know, a glorified training match. This is going to be a real deal. Uh, season opener so Colorado is going to give them a match and I'm very excited to see what happens uh, as far as your like you know uh, take on on the 2020 Colorado Rapids where who who are you sort of most afraid of looking at the squad that they have now ah uh, geez no one <laughs> honestly no one? Uh, well, they have a couple new faces, right? Um, with that, with that Tim Howard money, like you said, coming off, I think that's a huge deal. They picked um, up uh, Eunice Namley, uh, who who is going to be a really solid uh, number ten for them. Right. And so right. that's that's their DP, and and he's gonna have a whole load of work on his shoulders. Right. Yeah. So with that, with that, uh, I guess we'll just keep calling it Tim Howard money. <laughs> they were able right. to pull him in. I think they were able to upgrade like a little bit at a couple of spots, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a combination of, uh, the, the non-fearing of uh, the guys from last year and the unknowns of some of the newer faces, but, um, I'm kind of scared more so not about the individuals, but more about that stuff that you were talking about. Like, yeah, they had a terrible season. They have some new faces, new leadership. Um, you know, they do, yeah, have that dead weight. Um, gone right another Um, interesting thing is that they are also doing a very not mls kind of formation uh a lot of teams have really adopted that four two three one setup this team is taking a very aggressive very narrow four three three where you're going to have nomaly taking up that number 10 role you're going to have Acasa and Price backing him up. And they're going to be – so you're going to have Price playing sort of like that holding midfielder where uh, Benazet and Nicholson, they're going to be playing those deep wings. And then they're going to be uh, feeding the bar, ball to Kamara. Kamara is a huge pickup for them. So scorer, uh, yeah. Yeah, so full stop. This team's going to be dangerous, and they're going to be given a look that not a lot of teams are going to be uh, real familiar with taking on. So uh, kind of excited to see that. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, especially with, uh, you know, Kai Kamara's kind of getting up there, but one of the top goal scorers in the league's history, right? So that's mm-hmm. always something to keep an eye on. I think definitely underrated, um, but uh, one, of, one of the interesting pieces there is Kellen Acosta, who um, kind of fallen out from a lot of stuff, I guess, um, but also the, the national team situation and I think kind of some of his other uh, hopes. Um, so you could find yourself... Uh, thinking about him wanting to prove himself and and actually mm-hmm. get his stuff together, I guess I'll say right. So, yeah, I and mean, if if especially he's gonna be sort of like that drifting number eight who's gonna kind of kind of be where he wants to be in that formation, uh, that can be really dangerous. Uh, if you're if if you're you know sort of defensive midfielders or or backline aren't paying attention. Uh, I think he has sort of, you know, carte blanche on on uh, making runs into the box. So that is that is something really dangerous to look out for with with Kellen Acosta. Yeah, talented player, kind of lost his way, but that that kind of thing can snap back on in in at any time, right? I mean, one of the storylines in CCL right now uh, has been. Uh, Pity Martinez kind of snapping mm-hmm. on, right? Like we saw yep. him have a like a hell of a game yesterday. I think it was yesterday, but um and and he's he's out there talking about himself in third person saying, you know, Pity's back, all this stuff and I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, like this oh, is not good, right? Zlatan has has ruined <laughs> the league. Yeah. Uh, we would so. they he, his attitude has been adopted. That is uh Boy, that's something. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was like, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna have to deal with this because you know Pity didn't do too well last year, I think. But um, mm-hmm. seeing him in CCL, so like those kind of things can just snap on and uh, at, at at any time. And you know these off seasons, time for reflection. But you know I think that's as an organization, that's where they are. Um, uh, I also have to say I think their colors look terrible. I don't I don't really? know. Yeah, oh my god, they're just like, they feel, to me it feels like there was an okay color there, not good, but okay color there, and then it went through the wash 30 times, I don't know, like, it's just (laughs) not good to me, but, um, It's that that classic West Ham look, West Ham and Aston Villa, uh, exactly, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker for it, what can I say, um, it's it's uh I don't I don't know how I feel about sort of like the uh pattern of it with with sort of like the light and dark uh you know sort of alternates of of the sort of shades of claret there but uh you know it's yeah, there's certainly worse looks in the league uh I want to say the the San Diego probably has the worst uh jersey in the league this year easily. Uh- I'm thinking uh, Toronto with those gray. I think they have those like gray weird ones, and it looks. I think it's Toronto. Uh, someone has a weird gray one, and that looks terrible. But yeah, uh, ah, Adidas is gonna Adidas. That's that's something we just have to get used to, I guess. I, I really like ours though. Like I really really like our jerseys, to be honest. I would not be as hot on it if it weren't for the red shorts. Fair. Those really like tie that together, and you know, uh, gosh, who who was it saying it? Um, in a conversation with someone uh, that that um, 
We are the black and red. Why is it over the past couple of years, like our jerseys yes. uh, yeah. have, have just been black, <laughs> you know? Uh, With a little, little bit of white or gray, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's jarring. You know, when we're talking about the black and red, uh, we got we to gotta see some more pops, pops of color coming in there. But, you know, that'll, that's all sort of, you know, side dressing and all of that. But, um, you know, sort of shifting back to that opener, um, what, are your, what are your predictions and what are your sort of keys to the game for, for DC United to take control of that match and, and pull out a, like a decisive win against Colorado? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, some of the keys are, I mean, both teams are coming in, haven't played a real match yet, so there's going to be that kind of stuff. I think, you know, last year we came out, I felt like we played uh, very well in our last season opener, even though, you know, it was raining and miserable for everyone, including myself, but um, it, it's 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 the basics, right? It's, it's completing passes, <laughs> not, yeah. you know making those mistakes that you make uh, all too often when you're coming back for your first couple games, um, knocking that rust off soon as possible. Um, hopefully they're fit, right? It's going to be, uh, you know, not, not like it's the weather's looking fine. Um, it's not going to be rainy or too, too muggy. I don't think, but right. uh, still, you know, first game back. So I think it's those things, right? Like first game, be fit. Um, first touch, good touch. <laughs> right. Um, yep. And then I think the rest of it's going to come down to how they line up. And, and hopefully, I think most importantly is if these guys know, you know, what their job is, if, if hopefully they know, hopefully there is a job for them to know what it is. Right. But um, yeah. that, I guess that's a higher level thing, but, but yeah, making sure these guys know where they need to be. Hopefully they know the system. Um, it looks like it has adjusted a bit um next evolution not revolution but evolution kind of um mm-hmm. so those are the kind of things i'm thinking about nothing too crazy yeah this is uh this is a, a time when like you know really you can't overthink it uh like you said it's it's really the basics of the game uh it's about not trying to do too much uh, we got a lot of players who I think are very technically gifted uh, in that midfield. We got to see how they are mentally sound. I think that was a big problem for the team last year was you had just kind of a lot of um, destabilization uh, going on. Injuries and then kind of like the turmoil that was happening uh, between Acosta, uh, Luciano Acosta in the front office, and then just kind of the general Wayne Rooney problem, uh, sort of really checking out mentally in that back half of the summer. Uh, He was done at a certain point, and um, it was cute at first, I think, when he had that, what was that, that red card against Toronto, and, uh, and, you know, sort of had the uh, mouthing off to the refs and then, you know, uh, talking about how MLS, like, handles its chartered flights because they were going basically cross-country, like, back-to-back and uh, had, had some words about that. It was funny at first, but then when we all kind of realized, oh, he's, like, done, done, um, that was disheartening because that was all happening around August. 
which is such a crucial time when teams really need to tie it all together and they just hadn't. And that's where we sort of, you know, had that kind of sputtering out against Cincinnati at the end and then um, really just getting annihilated by Toronto in that playoff game. Uh, yeah. We were not a team deserving of, of that position, I think. Um, as, as That's kind of brutal to say, but really uh, somehow we got through by the skin of their teeth and, uh, you know, all credit to the team for that. But boy, they, they overachieved surprisingly because they did do so poorly in that back, back end of the season. Yeah. And I, I remember them having a decent lead at one point, you know, but mm-hmm. then kind of just giving it up and being like, okay, so here, here's where we are. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of been feeling like we're going to start out a little slow this season. I'm, I'm kind of uh, hoping not to lose this first game. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where my mind is. I, I'm thinking like a one, one or two, two kind of game, honestly, uh, maybe not two two because our our defense was was really solid last year and and seems to be uh, equally so so um, that's kind of my thoughts. Like you said, stay fit, keep it basic, get get a win or so. Or, you know, at least if we can if we can walk out having had a beer shower or two, that's that's what the fans want. And so if they can deliver that, um, then. Then really the sky's the sky's the limit for this team. Uh, you know, like you were saying, slow start. Hey, that's fine. I'd rather have a slow start that sort of gets the kinks worked out early rather than a real hot start where it has everyone yeah. thinking, Oh my god, this team is is gonna, you know, first round by home field advantage in the playoffs. This team is gonna light it up and then we didn't. Uh it was it was really uh jarring seeing that so if this is a team that can kind of build steam from a grain of, of sand uh dj shadow reference there uh i i can i can uh sort of see this team doing well and and i think they have the tools they have the necessary you know personnel they're a little thin as far as the backups go but i i like you've been saying you know sort of for the past couple of weeks surprisingly optimistic about everything so we'll just have to see how these first you know games roll out for this team yeah i just i just don't want to see too many overreactions i mean i i know it'll happen but i think that those first five to ten games i think you know coming out with with two wins two draws and a loss would be really 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 good i think honestly um which sounds maybe obvious but but like I, I could definitely see us not winning any of them as well, right? But yeah, well, you know who the X factor was? It was Bill Hamid. He put in an MVP season last yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. And without him, yeah, I, I think DC would have missed the playoffs. So that's another factor. <laughs> it, it sucks to say it, and and you know, but he's a guy who's who's in that position. He he eats this kind of pressure up, but it's going to be on him to just play perfectly and really just, just rack up those clean sheets this year. If he can do that, then this team can really rally and, and I'll be, I'll be excited to see what they can do, especially against the, the, you know, 
big boy clubs, your NYCFC, LAFC, uh, Sounders, and, you know, all of that. Like, I, you know, I can see them being up there. You know, like I said, uh, Ola Kamara, he can be a top five scorer if if he, you know, takes the support that he has in the midfield and capitalizes on every single ball that comes his way. Uh, he can do it. Easier said than done, but he's also been talking confidently. I think he too was going with the third person, like you know, Ola. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ola's here now. <laughs> Ola's here now. Feed me the ball. I'm gonna do this. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. You know, then then let's do it. Let's show that Ferrari that these Fiats can do a little something. Then I all like right. it. So, <laughs> but yeah. you know, the the onus is on on them to really deliver and i i hope kamara does that i hope the whole team does it yeah uh that topic brings me into uh one of the final things um just a couple uh prediction questions that i have here um so you have to think on your feet (laughs) but uh, my first one is who do you think the highest goal scorer on the team will be kamara yeah definitely that one was probably the easier one i definitely agree with that um I think, honestly, uh, if if Areola's didn't tear his ACL, I think he could be up there too. A lot yeah. of the time last year, he was just missing his chances, um, which was frustrating. Um, yeah. But he could definitely be up there. I mean, it, still, I would say Kamara, but th- that would be my competition. Um, I, I can also I'll, see Flores, I'll even but... take it a step. I'll even take it a step further. I'll tell you, I'll say fifteen or sixteen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, well, okay. So do you think, hmm, okay. I, I, I would say, I would say more than that. I, I'm thinking okay. like first 20 goal season for Ola Kamara here. Like, okay. I, I'm really feeling it because I mean, even in that, I mean, this is not how math works, but <laughs> um, in, in, in his five games last year, he scored three and yep. I think he can do better than that. Uh, but even that sure. is amazing, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I could see him really, really doing well. He's a he's a natural goal scorer in this league, uh, no mm-hmm. matter where he's played, right? So, uh, I hope we don't overhype it and then he scores 10. <laughs> but I can definitely see him crushing it. Um, okay, I'm, so... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm even going to take it, a, you know, a step further. I think I, I want to say that, you know, uh, we're going to have double-digit assists from at least one of our midfielders. I think Flores and, and Gressel are probably the main candidates to, you know, go, you know, 12, 13 assists or something this year. Yeah, that was my next question. Easily. Yeah. Who has uh, the most assists? Who, who has it? I, I want to, you know, um, my mind would say, uh, say Flores. Um, the dude's a baller. I think when you're talking about Benny Ball, the way he likes to kind of build the ball up, you know, narrowly through the pitch, uh, I think the a lot of the legwork, uh, absolutely pun intended, um, is going to fall on um, Flores to really uh, deliver in that end. Uh, big, big money signing as far as this club's concerned, um, and, and just a huge community signing for them as well. And I'm I'm looking for him to really do some special stuff this season. Yeah, definitely. I am gonna say Gressel. I think between Flores and Gressel, you have 
to me, it's kind of not a toss up, but but as close as you can get. Um, the the thing that I will say though is I think Flores will have more goals than Gressel, but I think Gressel yeah. will have more assists. That's that's kind of how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, if if this actually becomes a discussion or a race at any point, I will be happy with that too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. How, how so so let's go let's go even further here. How many clean sheets did we get this year? Oh, so how many did we have? We had a decent amount. Uh, we had a really decent amount. Um, that is that is a fact I don't have off the top of my head at the moment. Um, it was something like fourteen, right? Or something, something like, like that. that, right? 15. Like it was. I want. I want to say it was fifteen. Fifteen, I think, is the number I remember. It was I'll ridiculous. Say, I, I say we don't get to that again. I think that's going to be pretty hard, right? Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't know, right? Because, uh, I mean, that's a pretty. I mean, that's a lot, right? That was what our. That was like a record or something. Yeah. I, so yeah. like, I, I'm not sure. That's rare. Right. That's rare. But yeah. this is a team that can do it. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we don't hit 15, but I would. I'd be comfortable saying 13, 14, somewhere around there. I don't think it's going to be too. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be too far uh, less than than how they did last year. Uh, all returning guys and Hamid, who who is I think hungrier than ever. A guy who's getting constantly. <laughs> God, you know, for a guy who put up so many good numbers last year, just getting constantly snubbed uh, for for national team placement for just general recognition in the league. Uh, if he does it again this year, he's got to be MVP. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely goalkeeper of the year. I think, geez, right? But, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's just so hard to do that. I I don't know, right? Um, I think the the thing is, if if we do that and our attack is – as much better as we think it will be, I think we're MLS Cup bound. I mean, right? Like that. You want, yeah, <laughs> that's so easy to say, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, if they're both <laughs> like, because that, you know, yeah. It's gonna be a tough season. Yeah, when we go against those those big teams, that is gonna be the barometer that we can really judge this team against. How do we do against LAFC, LA Galaxy, uh, the West? How are we going to do against the West Coast? Because the West Coast is so monstrously stacked uh, lately that, like, how are we going? How are they going to measure up against those? Teams? If they measure up well, then you could very much say, like, okay, then they can probably handle, you know, making an MLS Cup run. If not, then okay, then we're going to have to dial back expectations this year. So, really looking forward to those. That's that's my main thing that i'm looking at but at the same time they can't do that you know i'm saying like you know uh they have to really take it one game at a time and and just uh keep it solid and and just just go each individual game and just try to do the best they can against whoever they're facing yeah totally that that western conference is looking uh quite quite nice there um so last year we had uh 50 points um do you yep. think we have more or less this year? More, but not by much. I think I feel the same way. I I've got us like fifty-two, right? Like I would, I would say fifty-four, fifty-five. 
that would be a, a healthy upgrade for me as far as this team goes. Yeah, I think I think if we spread the losses out a little more <laughs> instead of yeah. them all being in a row, that'll be nice, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, soccer, soccer is a game of of flow. If you can hit the if you can hit the heat, you know, at the right times, that's what really matters. Uh, so I hope this team, like, you know, they they grind out the games they need to, but if they can hit their hot streaks, that's going to be really really important for them. Right, right. Cool. Um, so that's for my. That's all for my predictions. Do you have any other things you want to talk about before we start uh, our uh, wrapping up conversations? Yeah, last. So sort of staying on the prediction uh, section of things and sort of alluding to what I was uh, talking about earlier. Uh, planned Derby with uh, Derby County, or not not planned Derby, but pre- planned friendly yeah. against Derby County. Wayne Rooney coming back. Yeah, <laughs> I have very mixed feelings about this. I, uh, in one hand, yes, he was a big part in sort of grabbing this team by the scruff of the neck and dragging them into the playoffs that that first year he was there. Uh, but the second year was such a drastic turnaround in the opposite direction, where he mentally checked out. A guy who I, you know, even the years watching him in Europe just was a solid leader on the field completely lost his mind uh you know he he was always talking about how he was always he loved america because you know it wasn't the sort of press circus that was over in europe yet somehow the press was able to find him over here although is that more the press was able to find him here or did he put himself in bad situations and you know, sort of put a lot of the turmoil on himself. You know, this guy who really, I, you know, when everyone was saying, kind of bemoaning DC United for being, you know, MLS 2.0 instead of doing what Atlanta was doing, the MLS 3.0, they were like, why are we getting this washed up, you know, Euro player? I'm like, well, you know, guy who is a solid field general, I'm not, I don't want his technical ability. I want his football mind. And he actually did bring a lot of technical ability. Uh, but the way he just kind of, kind of turned his back at the end, especially where he, at the beginning was saying, I'm going to come here and I'm doing my job here. I'm going to prove, you know, you can talk all you want about me, you know, am I still good about, or is still good, you know, for, for the premier league, I'm here in MLS and I'm here in DC. I'm going to be here in DC. And I'm like, great. This is exactly what we needed to hear. But then when you get right down to it, that was just media training. That is a guy who just knows the game so well on that end. And then just feeling like, I I have to say, I feel a little bit hurt after him leaving and just kind of leaving the club the way he did uh, is not great. And people are like, well, you know, this guy gave you two of the greatest memories in, in MLS history and he took you to the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, but fourth worst scoring team in 2019 with Wayne Rooney on the field. That's inexcusable. Uh, and, and a lot of that blame shifts onto him because he had to deliver and he absolutely did not. So, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, him coming to DC, would he, would we cheer for him? I personally wouldn't. I, 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 I'd be dead silent. I think that I, it left a real bad taste in my mouth. And and what are your what are your kind of closing thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I I remember when it was announced, and it was just that, like, crushing, I don't know, just crushing. (laughs) I just remember feeling like, well, it's all over, even though I knew logically it wasn't, right? Like, I I knew in a year what we wouldn't care as much, right, Um, as all things in life typically tend to be. But, uh, yeah, that hurt, and the way it happened really hurt. And the way that he let the team get into the state it was really hurt. Um, you know, it's it's hard to sit sit back and, and judge too hard, uh, specifically about some of the incidents in terms of, uh, you know, being out, taking other people on the team out, uh, being being in pictures, uh, you know, that that whole yeah. those whole things, you know, that's a distraction in in and of itself, right? Like you. You get someone in trouble with their wife, and they're not going to play the same for the next couple games, right? Which like, he absolutely did. And yeah, I feel, I feel, I don't think, I think Briant just kind of wanted to just have a, a night to, you know, kind of deal with with a, a kind of a bad loss and just kind of blow off some steam. But I think he got put in a bad situation he really didn't want to be in. And boy, that was that was uh, oh, I felt for him. I felt real bad. And and man. Yeah, you don't do that to your team. Uh, that's just yeah. So you know, I have to say, I'm just I'm glad he's gone. Uh, and, and now we have a team that really today seems so much more put together uh, emotionally. Uh, and with Rooney gone, I couldn't be happier about it. So I guess uh, yeah, that's closing the chapter on the Rooney saga right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly, you know, I, I, when someone tweeted about this, I think it was the district football Twitter. I think I, I replied what you just said. I said, I'll just be silent. It's okay. Um, I, cause it's, it is, it really is conflicting, right? I, I think a lot, honestly, I feel like a lot of the, uh, best two moments, you know, stuff, I think that's recency bias at some, you know, a little bit, right? I mean, again, like a lot of things in life, something that just happened to you is going to stick in your head more than something that happened, uh, you know, five, ten years ago. But there will be another moment like that. Um, For sure. There will be better moments than that, hopefully. Um, And there were better moments than that before this. Uh, And there were sadder moments than Rooney leaving the team. So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad, honestly, I'm glad he, he is, I do feel like, him obviously reaching out and being like hey let's set up this friendly i feel good that that he did that because it i mean certainly he did that right i mean i, I don't think that's yeah so yeah that's nice right like that that is you know it, he's still like a club ambassador uh, it, it, um i don't know if he's paid for it but but he is marked as a club ambassador so that's good i hope that those things continue um the first time seeing it back will be hard but I think it's an overall positive. I will probably, honestly, I won't even stay silent. I probably just won't go, to be quite gotcha. honest. Gotcha. Yeah. But it's 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 emotionally hard. Not even that I'm mad, but it's, I don't know. I maybe the next one, maybe the next friendly, uh, Rooney. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's weird, but um, yeah. If you want to wrap it up and and get on to the housekeeping, um, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. On. So. The last thing uh, I messaged you about this a little earlier was uh, mm-hmm. I want to do uh, each of us to do one soccer related thing um, 
that we would recommend uh, to the audience to see if a couple people want to check uh, some some someone else's stuff out that that you find interesting or whatever. So do you want to go first? Um, how about you? Because you had a really good uh, podcast, and then I think a book recommendation. Yes. Well, actually, uh, yeah. So to get us started, I will. I'll just do. I'll do two for the first week because I have literally on my list like 15 things. Um, so the first thing is I wanted to um, give a shout out to the District Football Podcast. Uh, I think, you know, we've we've both been on there. Um, I I think. You know, it's a really good podcast. I really like Juan. I really like their Twitter page. They have a Twitter page. You can go find that on Twitter. Um, and obviously their podcast um, on any, uh, you know, you're listening to this podcast, so you can find podcasts. So um, yeah. definitely go check that out. Uh, me and uh, Daniel have both been on that. So um, it's cool. The other thing that I wanted to shout out is a book that I uh, that I bought relatively recently, I guess. Um, it's really, really good, I, I think, and, and something that um, I think if if you work or if you maintain relationships with other humans, it, it, it is useful. And it's called uh, Soccer Thinking for Management Success, uh, Lessons for Organizations from the World's Game. Um, it sounds kind of like a, a, a corporate-y um, you know, management book, but, but really it, it, it has, you know, uh, thoughts and advice and, um, you know, things you can learn from if, if, if you let it, uh, for literally everything for, uh, you know, being an employee, being an employer, being a manager, being a director, being, uh, you know, working, uh, on a podcast, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Or maintaining relationships with, you know, your spouse, uh, friends, whatever. You can learn something in this book, um, and and it's related uh, in a way for for people who uh, understand soccer or maybe are just getting into soccer as well, because there's a lot of uh, explanations for stuff as well, which I found w- was really nice um, to make it more accessible. But you know, it it is it, really good, and I I would recommend it for a lot of people. Um, regardless of what they do in life or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, for, for mine, um, you know, as far as a, a podcast and sort of general resource goes, uh, MLS aces is a fantastic show. And, um, it, I was, I was on a show with, uh, one of the hosts the other day, um, Sam Nelson, uh, I was with him on the, uh, DC United Kingdom show. Uh, so he, James and I, we just kind of, uh, just chopped it up for a while. And he's a, he's a fantastic guy. Really interesting. Uh, you know, uh, kind of a DMV area guy, uh, lives in Baltimore right now, but he worked at RFK stadium and, uh, he brews his own beer. Uh, but anyways, like oh, wow. the MLA, the MLS aces show, uh, was started by a guy, uh, Tom Sweezy who has like the best name I've ever heard, uh, you know, really got into soccer <laughs> around 2014 when the whole, you know, uh, one team, one dream, you know, I believe we, that we will win uh, sort of fever really uh, took over this country that summer. Um, he really got into it. So he got his friend Sam and uh, Jason Vivang to come in and, uh, you know, talk about a show that, that really covers you know, the, the MLS at large, but what's great about it is that it's a bunch of guys who are kind of figuring it out as they go, which I really love. Uh, uh, Tom really, 
you know, all he knew was kind of what he was going off of playing FIFA. And so then he was just like, well, I'm going to learn about MLS and I'm just going to follow it real, real in depth. And so there's, there's a really good approachability with the show. So it's, it's really just a couple of guys just you know, really having a fun conversation, uh, you know, drinking beers, talking soccer. They are a really wonderful show. So yeah, special uh, shout out to, you know, uncle Sam Nelson, a really good guy. So if you go to, you know, Twitter, MLS Aces, all one word. Um, you can pretty much find everyone's Twitter link to that, um, as well as, you know, where, the, you know, how to find them on iTunes or Google Play. And then, uh, yeah, and then I guess, uh, you know, kind of uh, ancillary to that, you know, shout out to James in DC United Kingdom. That I, I love what he's doing. Sort of Absolutely, yeah. Bringing uh, this team over to the UK and, uh, yeah, well, he's a, he's a wonderful guy, uh, and he's got a child on the way. So, uh, when whenever that happens, uh, you know, if he listens to this, James, you know, wishing you the best with that. Uh, as far as like my book pick, uh, you yeah, know, this is this is a pretty well known book in in sort of like the general soccer circle. But uh, inverting the pyramid by Jonathan Wilson is, you know, sort of like the preeminent. Um, uh, yeah authority on sort of like how the game uh, started out in the UK and then like has really evolved over the years, uh, you know, sort of in the player personnel, the tactics, how coaches think about the game and then um, how it's all wrapped into the wider culture and business of the game and how that has all sort of come to be, you know, in, in this modern age, uh, just, just, that's a book that has really helped me understand where soccer has been. And it's helped me appreciate, you know, sort of uh, a lot of, you know, sort of that classic like 70s soccer or, or 80s, yeah, you know, especially right, with yeah. like Johan Cruyff, you know, the, the uh, Dutch bomber who, who came in and, you know, really sort of reinvented the game. Uh, you know, when you're talking about, guys like Pep Guardiola and uh, uh, Jurgen Klopp these days who really uh, play that high pressing style, but a really fluid style uh, at the same time. Um, that, that is where a lot of that comes from. When you talk about how Barcelona became so dominant uh, in the sort of early to mid 2010s uh, and how Spain was so dominant, a lot of how, the theory of, you know, building that homegrown support uh, helped take teams to like that, that extra level and, and where, you know, Barcelona already being really good to, you know, almost becoming, you know, a deity in, in, in soccer. Uh, so with, with uh, La Masa and, and their, their sort of, you know, junior academy is, is, a lot of, of what this book is about, about how, you know, these teams really built up their, their soccer culture in with everything else. So yeah. Uh, in bringing the pyramid, Jonathan Wilson, really good book, solid, solid stuff. Uh, love his writing style. It's so conversational and, and fluid and just real easy to get along with. Um, yeah, just, just a fantastic book overall. So that's that. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's a really good recommendation there. Both of those things. Um, I'm looking on uh, Amazon, uh, inverting the pyramids, literally $3. So no one has any excuses not yep. to, to buy that. Um, 
Yeah, cool. Uh, so just some closing out things. Uh, I wanted to say, like, um, you know, if if you enjoy the show, go check it out and, and rate it on, on iTunes or whatever, you know, you're using. Um, we're going to be back soon uh, after this, you know, opening game. We'll see how, how things are. Um, but, yeah, it's good to be back. I feel like we're going to have a good season, uh, DC, um, on this podcast. And uh, that... that um, last little section there is something i'm really excited about uh you know getting multiple things out there for people to check out even if it's only a couple people like uh, i find that really interesting building that community building like uh you know it's just good to get exposure to different things um in general but but to help support some of the creators in our community um, is always always good so uh, yeah, I also want to say uh, thanks, Daniel, for being here. Uh, can you tell everyone again where they could find you so they can, you know, follow you or, you know, social media you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks again for having me. Um, had a really good time with this. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's S Dakota Soccer. Uh, so it's, a you know, a lot of soccer with a whole lot of old, oh, yeah, don't you know, type of type of folksiness coming in there. So, uh, you know, really, really excited to, you know, get involved with, you know, a show like yours, but also doing my own thing with uh, the Soccer Made Simple newsletter. It's uh, tinyletter.com forward slash Soccer Made Simple. You can also, you know, you can subscribe and check out the archive that I've got on there. Um, I'm actually, you know, sort of working on getting it into a podcast format now. And I'll have more information about that as I get there. But uh, yeah, doing that. And then um, if you want to check out sort of like the articles I've written, you can go to my website. It's danielofdc.com. And you can uh, go to the main navigation and look for Soccer Made Simple. And you can see the whole archive of articles that I've written there. So uh, fun little project I've been doing. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I really enjoyed being uh, on other shows that you've been on. I mean, that's happened, I think, at least three times now. So Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I'm, I'm really excited again, like I said, about this year with this podcast, all the stuff that, you know, you're doing uh, with your with your newsletter, which you need to keep updating, I keep telling you. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's all for this week. I think we gave uh, a good overview, maybe uh, – I mean, there's there was so much stuff since last season, so I think we were pretty fair on time, actually, because uh, we could have gone on for six hours. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's all for the DCU Soccer Podcast, and I'll see you all next time. Peace out.